I am Tsepopule, a husband of one and father of two. For years, my identity had been tied to what I do for a living until the year 2020 when everything fell apart. Hashtag COVID-19. Almost five years ago, I became a father for the first time and I thought I was ready. Looking down at my son's chubby cheeks, my heart filled with pure joy and trepidation, seeing my exhausted wife on the bed after a water birth, I vowed to be the best father ever. It turns out, I wasn't entirely ready to be the best father ever. I had not prepared accordingly for the different stages in my life, career, marriage and parenting. I have since lost my job and therefore have chosen to be fully focused on what's important to me. I'm doing right by my vow and I'm hoping to foster a community of fathers that share similar values. Welcome to the Timers Playbook, a podcast series on fatherhood proudly produced by 1730 Media. This is episode four of The Timer's Playbook. So far in the podcast series, two themes stand out for me. One, evidently, there is never enough money. And two, all fathers and parents actually just want their kids to be happy. My guest on today's show is my brother-in-law, AKA brother from another, AKA Upudom Dala. He goes by the name Pete Katiza. Please enjoy episode four. Don't forget to like, share, rate, and subscribe. I'm going to start our conversation here and this is a quote from you okay being a father is the hardest most beautiful thing i never planned to do but did i love it it's the best thing i was ever blessed with why do you say that it didn't even sound like i wrote it man (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so i think everything in that statement is is um speaks to it for itself in terms of it was unplanned it was unprepared for. It was scary before and after. I remember my wife was very sick. Um, after the baby's born, she's so fragile. And you worry every two minutes, you know, about all the things that you have to do. They knew. So scary. But what it brings out is a love that you can never be told about. And it actually gives you understanding of your own mother and what she may have gone through. So in terms of that, it becomes something so beautiful. And as she's grown now, the conversations are on another level. So it's, it's, it's the most beautiful. And, and, and I say that I did it, but it's, it's also a blessing. It was given to me. And what do you love most about watching her grow up? Seeing what we've put in and what we put in sometimes subconsciously, which, which is a big deal with the kids, is because they're always learning from us. And uh, some things we made an effort to to create a certain way. Some things she took on and ended up being a certain way. But it's beautiful to see it all come into fruition and see all the work that you did consciously and subconsciously come into, you know, a beautiful person that has their own mind and character now that has questions for you. How do you deal with that? I mean, my kids are fairly young. The eldest one is almost five. Your kid is 12. Uh, you're saying that there's a character, she's coming to herself, she's got questions. How do you manage that situation? So so what I've learned, um, we, we started with her like as a baby. We never did the baby talk. You know, obviously we played and did all those things, but conversations were always conversations. And, and that's what I'm saying. Some of the things you don't realize that she gets and understands until now. But my main approach now, and I was having a conversation with her the other day about something that we would have thought was sensitive. And I said to her, you know, um, what I always want to do is tell you the truth and not lie. And I think um, going forward, considering her age now, is just have truthful conversations. 
you know, about whatever it is. Yeah. You know, obviously you have to know how to edit it age-wise, but the conversations can still be true. And what worries you most about your parenting style? Maybe practicing what I preach. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's it. Because I'm a, I have a pretty good idea of what must happen. Nah. Yeah. Until, until um, you know, a Friday night. <laughs> and then it's a different story. But it's like, but you, you, you did this and you did that. But, you know, um, we earned the right to. And we went through what you are going through now. And this is where we are and this is where you are. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a weird thing because a lot of the times I tell my daughter that, you know, we must be friends. Mm. But it goes to that saying, but I'm not your friend, my friend. Yeah. You know? Mm. So, yeah, we, we, we're the parents and they, there's a separation from that. When we were preparing for the show, you mentioned that your dad was a tyrant that ended up being your best friend. How did that play out when you were younger? How and why did the transition happen from tyrant to best friend? Yeah. So, so we grew up in a, in a very rigid religious background where there were certain things that had to be done a certain way. Um, we all excelled in different academically and in on on the sports field but we couldn't engage to higher levels of that because we had to be at church on trial days so that was the main thing but church wasn't um, there was no compromise and what he said goes or went however the things he was a tyrant and staunch about are the reasons why I have certain good sides came from that. So it was really discipline. And I understood it more after I had my daughter. And after we had times to have a beer together when we were grown, and he understood that he didn't have to do those things anymore. And then I met him, the person. Oh, so that's when you started then having real conversation, like real talk. So I guess before it was just like everybody knows their place. He's the dad, you're the kid. You must definitely know your place. Yeah, so so it was like that. And I think it goes also with, with our generation, um, even though I understand that there were exceptions, there always are. But yeah, it was, it was I'm the dad. I pay the school fees. Um, I bring the food into the home. And your responsibility is to be a child and listen. Um, having said that, though, we did have a lot of nice things happening, but they were on his terms. So it wasn't like my daughter now will come and say, oh, I don't feel like going to that place. Or you guys can go on that vacation and I'm gonna go to my friends. Mm. We didn't have things like that, Yeah, you know? And it was just, this is it. This is what we're doing. <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> you know, it's a real thing, eh? Yeah. yeah. And do you, do you ever see some of that creeping in, like now in you, when you are interacting with your daughter? Absolutely. And? That's why I say 
he was a tyrant that became my friend as I understood, even though it's not the same level. Mm. Bruh, these people will manipulate you, eh? Yeah. Yeah, they're smarter than us, actually. They figure us out. They're out to get us. Yes, yeah, they're out to get us. Yeah. And then they handle you. No, they do. Yeah, so... so you know, the one time my daughter says to me, there's no food in the fridge. I, I, I want to go somewhere else because there's no food here. Okay. I look around. Why is there no food? There's bananas, there's apples, there's narkis. The no food she meant was there was no cheese. <laughs> <laughs> there was no cheese in the fridge. So she could make a cheese sandwich. So now I have to say, sorry, mm. there's nothing like that, Baba. You know? This is what you're going to eat. Yeah. Or, you know, my wife will cook or I will cook. And then someone comes, looks at the pots and they want to go and make an egg sandwich instead. Mm. You know, so times like that, I have to remember who my dad was and how it was and say, uh-uh, yeah. that's not how things work. Yeah. This is what we are doing. This is what the family is doing. Yes. Yeah. We're eating this right now. Everybody must eat it. Yeah. So, yeah. As you were growing up, um, becoming a man, this is the younger you. What were some of the, the your biggest uh, preconceived notions about what a man is supposed to be? Yeah, so, you know, I don't know that I had time to think about that. Mm. I went to an all-boys school. But obviously this is in hindsight, because now you can, what I mean is you can see it now. Right, because now you've had, we've all had time to assess certain things about what we consider to be manhood and our approach to it. You know, I'm I'm saying now with hindsight, whether some of those things that either have transitioned or changed, or they haven't, or we are struggling with, or you think no, that was actually bullshit. Hmm. So, so I think that given the environment that I was in, so obviously, you know, I had to learn to like rugby because that's what. The tough guys did. It's a good sport, by the way, Peter. It's, it's, it's the best in the world. It. And I love it. But do you know the first time I played rugby, I think I was in grade two or something, mm. I had some guy step on my face <laughs> with six cleats. I went home crying, but you had to play rugby, yeah. you know, and then I got to love it. Um, so things like that. Or if, if, if there was an issue or if someone came and spoke to you wrong and all of that, mm. you had to handle it. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. You put up your dukes and fight. Mm. After school is after school. So, you know, that's, and, 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 and I think that's more on the, you know, just physical being a man in that way. I don't think that I thought about Oh, yeah, so, so, so also providing, because that's what my dad did. When I looked at him, he, he, was, he was a provider. So if anything needed to happen, I needed to make sure that I got to a point where I was in a position to provide. And that became even a fight for me growing up, after I grew up, to even when times were tough, now you must fight with yourself. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, I'm not doing what I was supposed to do. Mm. So, so, so things like that. Um, but yeah, it, like, like, that's a very huge subject. We could go into many, many things, <laughs> you know? Well, that's why we're here, Peter. And that's, that's, that's the whole notion about it. You know, um, I don't, part of me also, I mean, I also went to a boys' school, same situation as rugby. Um, 
and I, I struggled with it when I first started there because there were so many rules um, and it was these, you know, it's these colonial schools basically, you know, and coming from a township, that was a very different thing. You now suddenly there's, I have to listen to this guy who's just a grade above me, really, sometimes not even older than me. But you know, there's these structures, there's these things. Um, in hindsight, not all of it was bad. Just like not everything in life is bad, nor is it good. You know, there are some takeaways from that, that a lot of what's happening now, even though it could be deemed as toxic, and some of it is, but some of it is naturally, instinctively what we are bred to do. So I, don't, I have no issues with being a provider, you know. It's only, like you're saying, when the chips are down, then how do we ask for help, you know. How do you speak to people? Because part of the teaching was, nah, you don't really talk to people, you don't talk about your feelings, but now that's part of the problem, you know. Positive is you're a provider, definitely. Negative, when you can't provide, then what? Here's another quote from you. Failing dismally and not staying down. Please expand on that, on some of your experiences. And... How do you keep going? So, so I think I think it goes back to your first question, or well, the question before this one, of what it is to be a man. And 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 I've learned now in hindsight that every time I failed, I came back up better because I remembered what I did to fail. So, so I really I, I think we have to, we have to. And it's, it's when you fail and you can't accept and you can't go through it and you can't come back up, you can't assess it. That's when I think you, you're really failing. Yeah. The other failing I think is a part of, of, of getting up. So, so man, I could write a book on failing. You know, I could write a serious book on failing across the board. Like, well, I never failed in school, but just in life. Um, even even in marriage or even in child rearing, you know, but realizing and recognizing those failures, caring enough to assess them and come back and do them better. I think that you actually elevate yourself. Yeah. You're in a better place than when you were, when you thought you were winning. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have no choice, really, I think. If you care. Yeah, if you care. Yeah. Some, some, some people don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But if you care, you don't have a choice and you, you're like, okay, I don't want to be in that situation again, you know? So I'm not doing that again. And, and I have a big thing, or the other thing also that was a big deal for us was winning. So, so failing and going down and not coming up means you lost. And I'm not about that. Yeah. yeah. What, so, what, winning? When you say that, when you say that, because um, winning is not, not winning is not necessarily a loss. This is what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm competitive like that, eh? Yeah. And, and I don't care whether I'm playing chess or just chilling with myself at home or, you know, it's like, hey. I've, I've heard in the Europe, the, there's, there's schools where they don't keep score. Like, I've heard of this notion before with kids' schools and stuff. Yeah. I think it's utter bullshit. Yeah, so, so I play golf with a very good friend of mine. And uh, he's like that. We're, we're good friends. He's like, let's just go hit the ball around like, okay, that's cool, but bruh, I'm keeping score, you know? And when I lose the hole, I'm like, you know, 
No, there's nothing like that. Yeah. I think that I think that there's something wrong with you know taking it to to a dark level of like you know keeping score and all of that. But I think you have to keep score to see where you are. You know, with everything, you always have to keep score. Yeah, it's, it, I think if everything is is with context and and if you've thought about something, um, the the. The world where it is now, the existence of certain things are not necessarily a problem just because it exists. Competition on its own isn't an issue, right? Uh, such as masculinity or manhood, it's not an issue by virtue of existing. You know, issues come in where now there is no context, there's no forethought. Um, you are actually harming yourself or harming the next person. And then it becomes a problem to the point where if you are competitive to the point where you're actually harming yourself or the one next to you, then it's an issue, you know, but it teaches you certain virtues, certain things about preparing, about competing, about coming out on top, because ultimately that's what a lot of people want. I mean, that's what I want, you know, and if that's what you want at no harm to nobody, what's the issue? There's nothing wrong. What's, what's your biggest fear with regards to your kid? With regards to my kid? Yeah. Yeah, man. Do you know? Do you know? All I want, all I want for her, is to. I don't want her to be caught up in a in a life that she's not happy. You know, whatever that is, or to be stuck in a life where she's not happy. Um, that would be a a big deal for me. So so I don't care what she does or where she does it. My biggest fear is if she's living an unhappy life. I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. That would suck. That would make me happy either. You know. The situation or relationship with your dad. Did you guys ever discuss money specifically? Money, finances, that sort of thing. And what what was his attitude towards money um, and some of the lessons he gave you or didn't give you? So so one of the pointers that I put in there is from my dad. So he said, you need to make sure you pay yourself first. Now, you obviously have to contextualize that because you get up and you do everything that you're supposed to do. Your main focus is providing for your family. You go through everything that you do. Um, some days are harder than others. Some years are harder than others. But remembering that you are the one getting up to do all of that. You have to do that, otherwise you get lost. That's what he told me. So he gave me five different pointers. I don't remember the other five. I just remember the you remember yourself. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you must teach me that one because I absolutely do not know how to do that. Yeah, so, so, so it's not pay yourself in like, you know, like treat yourself, yeah. you know. Go, you get your paycheck, you, your, the whole thing goes, right? Kids, wife, food, home, you're done, you know? Buy yourself a t-shirt or a pair of Jordans, whatever, depending on, on, on the context of the level. Do that for yourself every time you get paid. That way, you, 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 you stay away from being resentful. Because that's what I think a lot of men are stuck in. They're stuck in just resentful because they feel they have to do this, 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 this. Buy yourself a pair of shoes, you know, and then carry on. So my dad told me that. I like that. That's dope, man. I'm going to start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and implement that. 
because that's something that I, I for me it was I always feel guilty if I'm gonna do it maybe just like like you like you automate savings right I just on this day whatever just get something you want yeah you you know what you do you you take a ride by yourself mm. like you you ride by yourself put on your music you go to the mall mm. or wherever you need to go just walk around and be like. Mm. I want that t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. It's mine. I worked for it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then go home. <laughs> no, I hear you, boss. And what 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 are some of the lessons that you want to impart money-wise um to your kid? So so the biggest thing that I see a lot is um keeping up with the Joneses. It's a big problem for me. Do what you can and that's it. Understand what you need to do and do what you can enough so that you save for what you may need later. So just because your friend is driving a G-Wagon, don't go and do that if you can't do it, you know? So live within your means basically and save save for for tomorrow. Otherwise, you won't win. Well, she's at that stage now, right? They call her the preteen, and I mean, I've had some conversations with her, and a lot of it now is starting to revolve around those things you just mentioned. You know, um, apartments here, flats there, G wagons, this, and I, sometimes I don't, I don't, I don't know how to even tackle it. You know, where do you think that comes from? Is it society, social, or is it something that you discuss at home? So it's happening at school. Mm. It's happening at school, and I think it's happening more in certain types of schools. Um, they're telling each other what's important. And funny enough, it's not happening to kids only. Eh? Grown-ups are telling each other what's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know? So so after they finish that conversation, I mean, she came home and she, she she's talking about, I don't remember whether it was a car or Gucci. So So my question is, why do you like it? Well, my friend, okay, have you been in the car? Do you know why your friend likes it? No. So you can't like it because you don't know it, you know? So I'm trying to instill that, that you you cannot like and appreciate something that you don't understand why you like it. Yeah. Because if you understand why you like it, then, you know, that's a different story. Mm. And if you come and give me a good reason of why you like Gucci, then... I'll get you Gucci, but I don't think she can. She can't yet, you know. So that 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 stage, I mean, um, if I'm moving in towards that, right? What what would you say are some of the biggest lessons or some of the things that, yo, this one I didn't see coming, um, but I've learned. This is how you can potentially manage a preteen. You know, I think one of our issues is that we live in a village, so we have many different people that are taking care of and influencing our children. But it's important to be strong in your, and this is what I was talking about in the beginning, it's amazing to see the values that you instilled at a certain point and you see them coming out now. Um, I think that the understanding of, of, of finances like money is very important and even at a young age, okay, Look, you have five rands. I'm giving you five rands. That is your pocket money. This is what it can do. When that finishes, you cannot have whatever it is that you would have bought with that. So you need to think about how you want to stretch your five rand. You can spend it now, or you can spend one rand a week. Yeah. You know? But if you spend it now, you can't come and ask me for the same thing. And with that, I think they start to realize that, mm, you see this thing. Yeah. 
I don't want it to finish today. So you have to delay the, the delay, and, and, and it's about delayed gratification, actually. Mm. Mm. And is it you saying now it's sinking now because they because it, it's not coming from the ether either, right? So the money comes from somewhere. Right. The problem, like I said, is my daughter's got you. Mm. You know, well, how's that a problem? No, that sounds fantastic. No, <laughs> this, this village. When I say no, this side, uh, no problem. No, it's sure. not. No. I'm going to all, Stapura. All she gets here, <laughs> yeah, she must come have all the cheese she wants. Um, no, but I, I hear you. You know, and and I guess they can do that, right? I mean, they can. They're not gonna come and say, "Look, my dad said no, I can't have this." They'll be just like, "Ah, oh, can you get me this?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. No, they're, they're not going to do that. And and that's also a beautiful thing that they have, mm. you know. It doesn't mean that they forgot what you're teaching. Yeah. She 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 hasn't forgotten. She just found another way somewhere else. That's it. But you know the cool thing is at that age now, um, I can have a conversation with her too and be like, I don't have it right now because of one, two, three. You know, sometimes when, when the way I grew up about money is... It's just not there. So nobody explained why or what's happening or I didn't even know that people earn a salary and the salary is taxed. You know, those things that parents just, they just say no, but it's violent that no. So you're like, Ish, I don't want to bother this person. So when I started explaining to her that this is my financial situation and this is why, you know, because I used to work, I used to make decent money. I'm no longer doing that. I'm earning a little bit of money. So certain things I can't get. But if I'm going to get it for you, you're going to have to wait because I have to save a bit and then get it for you at a later stage. And I'm, I'm hoping that contributes then to be like, OK, this is what actually adulting is all about. Because if you just say yes to everything, then they'll assume that it's always there. Why would you say no then at a later stage? You know? In terms of spirituality, you, you say that you're a religious man, right? You still go to church. Every time I talk to you on Saturday, you're at church. Yeah. Afternoon. Yeah. You know? Um, have you found that grounding um, with religion or spirituality to be very helpful? Or is it something that you just do because you used to do as a kid? I think I used to do it because I used to do it as a kid. Um, but I'm starting to understand it on a different level. And and I don't think it's something you can teach or or explain. I think it's something that, that happens to you. For me it's it's it comes from even trying to understand myself as a human being, you know. The the complexities that are within us, the we're talking about children. We're talking about the love that goes through and all of that. Some of those things you can't tangibly hold like a computer or a car but you know they're there and in those things is where you start to you know if, if you're looking for it to say no man but there's something else you know and, and for me it's very real it's, 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 it's alive and the good thing for me is that I don't feel like I have to argue other people's views or, or bring them down I respect them it's it's my journey and and it's 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 real enough for me and it fulfills it makes my life better mm. yeah and then what are some of the things that you do how do you unlock because you all have questions right so what are some of the things you've done to say i need answers to certain things or i need to understand myself a bit more yeah so so 
obviously I grew up with the Bible and there's certain things, you know, like prayer and actually listening to the Bible because we believe, I believe that it speaks to you. I actually think it's, um, you know, it's like a manual for a car. I think it's a human manual. The reason why I say that is because there's nothing or there's no situation in life that is not brought up in there. So, so, so that's that side of it. Um, and then I also got into like meditation outside of the Bible and, um, you know, learning to quieten the mind, breathing, um, listening to your surroundings, just being aware of the fact that we are part of a, we're part of an ecosystem, like the, the trees and the air, the water, it's all designed for us to run through it all together, you know? So my understanding of that and, and delving into some of those things separate from the Bible um, has really helped me, especially, especially the meditations that are not biblical have made me, my religious side stronger mm. Mm. because then you, you, then there's a connect, yeah. you know, it's not just, um, a story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we've been, we've been conditioned to think as men anyways, well, how I understood it is to be one dimensional. You know, so the spirituality aspect of it, I fought it for a long time. Like my wife was on me about this stuff. And I was like, that makes zero sense. Yeah. You know, because that's part of the those things that were never spoken about, especially in high school, for example. You couldn't come to high school and say you're meditating. At an all-boys school, yeah. never happen. You're, you're mad, you'll get beaten up and called names. Yeah. You know, but now you understand there's different dimensions, you know, if everything is aligned, your, your mind, your spirit, your body, you function better, you know? So I'm all for that. What would you then advise men or particularly young men that are listening now, seeking answers, you know? Whether they're religious or, or not, like what are some of the things that they can implement tomorrow? You've already mentioned meditation that you can look at and say, this, this might help lay a foundation. It's not the complete answer, but start here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. I, I think that those things, you know, in, in ideal situations are, are always right in front of us. So, so it's about actually being present and being aware but not on a, on a face, um, what's the word, face value, yeah, not on a face value way, to actually be aware of what's happening, where you are, who you're with. And if you pay attention, I think our minds open up as more as we do that. The problem is that we don't condition our minds to look with that eye. You know, there's this thing about a third eye story, I don't really understand it that, that, that well, but... I think I understand the idea behind it, that we, we actually, everything is in front of us. Yeah. And, and I think even the meditations and all of that is paying attention. So even when, when, when people speak um, or the love around you, or if, if it's there, I know that it's not always the same. Um, but the first thing to do is to quieten down and pay attention. Yeah. And then from there, I think that we're designed when we start doing that 
other things open up within us when you take the time out to do that you know uh, so so I'd, I'd advise on that um also you know speak to elders and be open minded you know um this thing this notion of you know what you know and then you're done that's some idiotic stuff you know yeah. at, at least find out and then say no you know but i think a lot of us you know we live a world in a world where we say no that doesn't look right so just leave it like that yeah. and that could be where all the answers are someone else's problem it's someone else's problem yeah i think it depends entirely also on what you seek and what you value you know and once once you you once you start like understanding that because you're correct i mean there is a school of thought that all the answers are within you and if you take the time to think about it and pay attention and align these things they'll reveal themselves to you i mean we we feel things um we see things all that you know when something is not aligned you can feel it right that's what we say um and once you start aligning that with how you feel and how you think and what you value then you for me anyways i start asking certain questions and then questions and curiosity leads me to certain parts and I now understand that all the information I have has only led me to this point. Well, not only, but it's gotten me this far. Now, to get to the next level, I cannot keep continuing with the same information or the same person to be exact. So, some things you have to unlearn so you can move on. That's that theory of surrender, so that you can move on to the next phase. Yeah and and I think you have to want to. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Cuz if you don't, I mean if you and that's what I'm saying, if you never ever question or think about your situation without blaming external forces because that's what we tend to do. Right? It's family, it's your father, it's poverty, it's this, it's it's anything other than me that is the problem. So you're always seeking to fix what's external. until you sort yourself out like you're saying in one of your quotes to yourself be true things are going to take very long to manifest and if they do like you're saying about your daughter and what she sees and from the outside they will generally be tainted then exactly. we're going to move into legacy now legacy yeah <laughs> that's a tough one for us black people eh why is it I don't know because uh, we're only learning it now. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What should we know about legacy? I went I wasn't going to ask that but now that you've said that uh, like, can you expand on that? Well, look. <laughs> I guess we need to understand what we're quantifying as legacy. Because I think when you say legacy immediately we're thinking money. You know, and, and and I'm actually wrong to say that it's a problem for us black people because we do have legacy, you know, in in, in a different way in terms of our traditions and stuff like that. Um, but um, it's what you did when you were here, you know, it's what you did when you were here, and the impact it had and the impact it will continue to have. Now that could be financially, that could be, you know, in 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 in. charity that could be in, in in many different ways but i think that um i don't know about living your life trying to leave a legacy i think that when you live your life in the best way possible you will leave a legacy yeah. 
A legacy of some sort. Of some sort. Yeah. And it could be you could be a gangster legacy. Yeah, it's a legacy. It's a legacy. Yeah. You know. Um but but I think it's important because it reflects, especially if it's a good legacy, it's, it's it reflects, you know, and, and, and leaves for others that you you, you did well mm. and, and you took care of others even after you were gone, you know, even if it's not financially. As a father to a girl child, what do you what do girls and boys need to understand for us to have a better society? Well the boys need to know that I've got guns. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I think I think that we need to we need to understand that we all feel the same as human beings. And I think that once we get to that point and we look at each other, male, female, that we we all have the same feelings. We all need love. We all are someone else's children. We 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 we're all looking for happiness. You know, you know what I mean? So so if we can start to have conversations that make us all conscious of that then i think we can start to the other things fall off you know but 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 that's not happening and then in terms of of girls and boys and going into even marriage and children and all of that what i would recommend is something that we didn't do is understand what it is you know what i mean um you know one of the questions you had asked me is what did you do to prepare for your child i didn't do anything you know I was kind of winging it as I go. Fortunately, um, you know, the wings are starting to come straight, you know. But um, if 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 there's any advice is, is go and find out what it is about the institution or about the world of, of childbearing and rearing is. Just get an understanding of it, you know. Find out something. And then I think we can all do a better job if we learn a bit more about it. I agree, man. You can't go wrong with a bit of learning. Do you remember your five tools, tricks, habits that you want to add to the playbook that we're going to close with? I remember, pay yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I said pay yourself. I said, I said you're going to fail. Yes. Fail dismally. Um, it's the getting up, I think. Um, you know, be true to yourself. And then uh, be true to yourself. Um, reward yourself, I think is what I said there. I don't, so treat yourself once a month. Treat yourself, yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so there's no one size fits all to parenting. Yes, there's no one size fits all. And not just even to parenting, to relationships. Mm. You know, because you can think so and so is doing this. There are basic fundamentals and values that we all need to have. But we're all dealing with different individual people. And things don't always, you have to handle people differently. So there's no one size fits all. And if you're not in that box, uh, shame, you're going down. Yeah. And then you said your children are your biggest fans. Yeah. So, so I think that I need fathers especially to understand that because it then speaks to, first of all, understanding that if you, if you fail, you can get up and they're forgiving. But it also speaks to you living exemplary because they're your fans, they're watching. Mm. So they don't want you to go down, you know. So if you can make a conscious effort not to do that and, 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 and understand that, you know, I'm playing for my fans here. Yeah. You know. And you can't, you can't, you can't play your kids. Like, you know, in the, like, you can't lie. To, you can lie to yourself in the world. Cool. But 
you know you can't i can tell you my daughter probably knows me better than anyone else yeah you know but i don't even know that she does yeah are they they looking that's all they do they just i mean they already me they already know certain things about me how to get things out of this one what he likes mm. but yeah just understanding that they're your biggest fans so do right by them you know cool and then you said try to stay on the same page with your partner well that sounds like good advice don't don't even play with that one bro <laughs> don't even play with that one yeah. you know that person whoever they are makes or breaks also how everything else goes mm. so if you can be on the same page you can be a superstar Yeah. Yeah. Cool, Pete. Thank you so much. That's it, man. That's it. You've added to the playbook. Yeah. And we're going to compile the playbook and then at least we're hoping the younger generation reads before they become dads or something. They prepare something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can we get us some whiskey next time, eh? Yeah, of of course. I shall do so. Thank you so much, man. So these are the lessons taken from this episode. You fail, learn to get up. There's no one size fits all to parenting. Don't sweat the small stuff. Your children are your biggest fans. Try to stay on the same page with your partner. Treat yourself once a month and most importantly, to thyself be true. Thank you to Pete. Thank you for streaming or downloading. Please like, share, subscribe and rate our content. Our Facebook page is at 1730media. See you on the next episode. Shop.